listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Ignition sequence start. See, Elijah Wan has David Robinson just bamboozled. Kelly out of the corner for three hitters. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. The Houston Rockets select Yao Ming. McGrady at the buzzer. I know what we need to do. I know exactly what we need to do. Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I know what's at stake. It's going to be scary. Not for us. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Launch Pad Podcast presented by Clutch City Control Room, your home for all things Houston Hoops. I'm today's host, Britt, and you can find me on Twitter at Britt Robatista. That's B-R-I-T-R-O-B-O-T-I-S-T-A. Be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room Twitter account at ClutchCityCR, as well as hitting that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Today I have on the podcast Kim, who is a big Celtics and general NBA fan. We'll be discussing a number of topics, including her general NBA background, the latest Rockets head coaching search, and a lot more. Kim, as we get started, can you give me a little bit of background about yourself and why you follow the Rockets, even though you're a Celtics fan? Sure. Um, First, I'm glad to be here with you. A little bit about background about myself. Um, I followed Celtic basketball since I was a a young kid. Um, My dad was a Celtics fan. I remember the Celtics uh, against the Houston Rockets in 81 and 86. So those type of battles have been ingrained with me for the longest. And now watching the Rockets now and how they've changed and if they've crafted a new way of playing, it's always been intriguing to me. Myself, I've played basketball all my life. I played in college. Um, I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, I was a United States Marine for eight years. Married my wonderful husband, who I met in the Marine Corps. And um, that has brought me to where I am right now in life. That's awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for your service and thank you for being on today. and also, I, I don't want to le- necessarily give my age per se, but I wasn't even born before the 86 finals. So <laughs> I, I, I'll say that. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, but that's fine. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But it's so awesome that you had the experience with your father watching the finals. I have similar experiences with my dad when um uh, fortunately, he's still alive and kicking, um, but we've definitely watched several like NBA finals and NFL fi- um, Super Bowls um, together. So it's an awesome experience being able to experience your team win a finals and um, be or use that with your father. Um, yeah. What did do you think uh, you said that he was a big fan of the Celtics himself? Um, was he ever a like a I guess a multi-team fan or was he just a hardcore Celtics fan? No, he was, he was a partial Knicks fan because I grew up in Brooklyn. We were both born and raised in Brooklyn and he was a Knicks fan for a little while when he was younger, but he went to school in Boston. He went to Boston college and that's when he fell in love with the Celtics versus the Knicks. Uh, I'm sorry, Knicks fans who may live in Houston. Uh, The Knicks (laughs) is just, 
hasn't been run right for since the 70s let's put it that way um but um it was the love of how the celtics played basketball that drew my father to the celtics and then it transferred over to me and i think when i started playing it really had an impact on the type of player that i was and what the important factors were for me as a 5'11 and a half young lady uh, playing basketball, making a proper play, making a proper pass, rebounding, rebounding, looking to uh, get your teammates involved. So that whole genre of the Celtics uh, teamwork, it carried all throughout my basketball uh, playing career. That's great. And I'm assuming that it probably didn't, uh, it probably helped that, uh, Larry Bird was also on those teams and was just, you know, such an impact on the rebounding. And um, what position did you play when you were playing? I, I know that you said that you currently play um, or maybe used to. I don't know what your current status is with playing, but what <laughs> positions did you play? Oh, I played uh, growing up. I shot up pretty fast. So um, I played forward. I played some center at uh, 5'11", you know, so um, now the, the ladies are a little bit taller, but yeah, I held my own. I was, I'm a huge, Larry Bird is my favorite player. Mm. Yes. But when I played basketball, I tried to model my game after Kevin McHale. Oh, yeah. I just loved all of his post moves. I loved how he, you know, rebounding. I loved how tough he was down under and uh, that he was like, he's the person that I wanted to play like if I could shoot like Larry Bird, oh, I would have totally gone that route. But I was more of an inside, down and dirty, you know, get the rebound, put it right back up, you know, step out, shoot, you know, uh, 10 to 15 footer, that type of player. Yeah, no, I actually um, love Kevin McHale. I know um, I have some issues with his coaching since, you know, the connection <laughs> with the say, Rockets. And his <laughs> a little rough time down there in Rocket Land with uh, Mr. McHale, but, you know, it happens. It yeah, happens. Um, but when it comes to McHale, I, I watched a lot of tape of him, you know, even after he retired and I was, uh, you know, a little bit older enough to sort of understand the concepts. And I really loved his play style and his six man attitude. So, you know, he's a really awesome influence to take up when it comes to, you know, being a general basketball player. Um, so that's really awesome. Um, I, I guess speaking of which, since we just hit up on the Rockets a little bit, you mentioned that you were a, you know, you became a fan of the Rockets more recently, um, you know, after the 81 and 86 um, time period, but more recently because of Harden and I guess the sort of new changes that the Rockets have performed. Um, do you have any favorite um, moments from the Rockets this season or any that you can like sort of think of or any general NBA moments that you were really um, a fan of during the 2019-2020 season? Well, with the, um, I think for the Rockets, it was how early in the season, uh, how they had a little bit of adversity and they were able to push them, you know, push through it. Mm. You know, Harden, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know if Harden and Russ was going to work. I was hoping that it would because I like Russ and I like James. And I said, all right, this is a time where those two could do some real damage out in the West. And if they get this right, they can win a championship. 
I didn't think a lot of the changes that, uh, that Daryl uh, started doing, I didn't know if, if, if that would help. And, and during the season, I was rooting for him. I was like, come on, come out of the West. That would be great. I, I would love to see him come out of the West. Um, but I have to say, the small ball was intriguing. I loved watching it um, because I think you moved the ball this year more than in past years. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. You know, moving it around to get the open shot, I, just, I, I said, man, they are – they're working, they're popping, they're, they're getting the, their guys, they're getting their shooters, those shots. And it was fun to watch that. But, you know, as much as I hate to say it, you needed a big man. I love PJ. He is hard as nails. But you needed some, some type of big man this year. Yeah, I guess I agree to a certain extent. Um, the only thing that I wish that we could have seen more of is, um, I mean, he's sort of controversial now, but Daniel House, he, you know, played three yeah. game one versus the Lakers, the one that the Rockets, you know, more or less route, routed them in. And then he got yeah. into that trouble afterwards. So it's like, you know, having a one of your four or five players who was, you know, really subbing PJ out a lot gone for a significant, you know, for the rest of the playoffs essentially was a blow. Um, But I sort of agree with you that having a, you know, after I've been thinking about it quite a lot and talking to a number of people, I think having a big who can at least shoot, um, you know, like the Sabonis type or. Yeah. A serviceable big man, (laughs) serviceable big man who, who, who knew his role. Mm-hmm. and didn't go past that i mean because house was just like he was a spark plug right out you know right out the gate mm-hmm. i was surprised this year with house um how easily he got to the basket mm-hmm. you know i thought they were going to stick him in a corner and say hey you know shoot the lights out no i mean a lot of the games that i watched with uh with house i mean his handle was tight and uh, how he broke down the defense, and he got to the basket. I mean, I, I remember one game, he had like four or five dunks, and I'm going, okay, I can dig this, you know. And he gave him an instant spark and, yep. and gave blows for, for uh, P.J. and for, uh, for Harden and for Russ, you know, just those, those important minutes that you need in a game to give your stars a break. Yep, for sure, and I think – that's the only thing that gives me a tiny bit of pause about the small ball lineup not working is because when you lose that person who was actually, you know, creating shots and actually, you know, going to the rim and um, subbing out for PJ, that hurt. And I think a lot of people sort of, you know, ignore that just to bash the Rockets. But I, I could talk about Daniel House, the, you know, for a long time. So I want to, you know, sort of move on from that. Um, to be so fair. Do you, do yeah, you, go ahead. Now, do you think he's, he's going to be back? Do you think he's going to be a part going forward? That it's important. Mm-hmm. I think that it really depends. So the question is, did his quote unquote value decrease? Um, 
you know, his contract value decreased because of what he did? Or will people think that he, you know, they were in a very unique, hopefully one in a century environment um, or once in a lifetime environment where, you know, for the most part, you know, very few people got in trouble in that sort of way. So, I hope that for the Rockets' sake that they keep him, but if they can't, I hope that they get the best value for his contract because ultimately that's – I think that he's a really good fit with Harden and Russell. Um, he was really good subbing in for PJ, like you were mentioning. Uh, I just don't know if you know other teams think that he is a potential liability or something like that, that the Rockets would get a good value for him. So why not – why – um, take you know cents off out of a dollar for his contract where you can keep him no. and he has good um, chemistry with the team. I don't think Daryl's gonna uh, sell himself short mm-hmm. if he decides to move him. Um, it was a bad judgment. That's mm-hmm. it was. We all have them, and unfortunately, it was in the bubble, and that part uh, sucked about it. But I mean, he's a he's a valuable player for your team. And yeah. I think it'll just be with the, the rest of the team is the trust factor. Yep. And I think they can get past that. Yep. I really do. Yeah. And they have plenty of time to think about it as well. So <laughs> yeah, I think we don't true. have to worry about that. Um, do you quickly, do you have any Celtics moments um, that you had uh, that you liked um, from this year? Oh, I'd have to say that. Um, I think there was two. Mm. Um you know, we have a, a younger team. Uh, and I think the one that, well, there's two, but the one that I thought was important was the um, Jason Tatum's coming out party against the Lakers mm-hmm. and how they really had no answer for him. They tried to throw everything at him and how he played against the Lakers. And then the second instance would be um, – the battle against the Clippers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with Kawhi and PG and how he showed out and also Jalen Brown. And uh, I think this year Jalen Brown proved to be one of the most consistent Celtics. Now, he may not get the accolades as much as uh, Tatum does all the time, but I think he is solid as solid can be, and I'm excited to see how those two grow together. Yeah, for sure. I think um, if I was ever going to pick another team outside of the Rockets, um, which I can't necessarily say I would have never, ever would. I can't. But I think the closest thing where I was like sort of rooting for a team was the Celtics. So, um, but this season Celtics, I don't think I can say anything about the future and definitely not the past, but I really enjoyed the season Celtics and I loved that I think it, um, the Clippers game, at least one of them went to like double overtime or something. Yeah, and that they was were just a Clipper like, game. Yeah. 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 So it, those were really, really great games. And I, I think people, you know, I, I think that they have a really strong future, especially since they're so young, like you were saying, like, you know, Tatum and Brown aren't even, are maybe just are 25, um, maybe slightly younger than that. Um, yeah, they're so, not. They're both under twenty-five. Tatum, it'll be twenty-two, and Brown will be, uh, I believe, twenty-three, going on twenty-four. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're they're young, and the leadership that Brown has shown um, 
to his teammates, to social issues and things like that. I, I can't, uh, I can't talk uh, enough about that young man. He is really uh, stepping up to the plate. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think just in general, they're really good. But of course, this isn't a Celtics podcast. This is a Rockets podcast. Oh, let's, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk Rockets. Let's talk Rockets. For sure. Let's talk, maybe your new coach, Ty Lue? Yes. Well, who knows? But um, you did the segue better than I could. Of course, no, the Rockets are <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but the Rockets right now are looking for a new coach, and Tyloo is one of those candidates who actually got quite a bit of a reception from the Rockets. So, Mark Berman, who is a Rockets journal or a um, sports journalist based in Houston, he actually got. Tyloo's flight information and was tracking him and actually wow. uh, reached out to him during the um, when he arrived at the airport. Um, Mark Berman, for folks who don't know or maybe listening who aren't um, usually in the Houston area or don't have any knowledge of it, he uh, has frequently visited players and other sort of sports stars when they're at the airport and he's known for getting that scoop right as they're walking in so it's not necessarily a regular thing per se but this is definitely the first coach so far that he has done this actively so it sounds really? like yeah okay or at least for wow. this coaching search so it seems like the Rockets are pretty motivated about um going for Ty Lu. Um, there's other candidates we've, um, I've talked about them re previously on the podcast, so we don't have to go into too much detail. Um, but before I ask my um, other question, my first thought is, do you think that Ty Lu is a good coach for, a potential coach for the Rockets? Um, and if not, what type of coach or what coach, if you have a particular person in mind, would be a good fit for them? Um, I like Ty Lu. He was in the in our organization, um, he did a good job in Cleveland um, when he had LeBron, of course. And after LeBron, it, you know, just like any team, they tend to fall to the wayside. Um, hooking up with Doc, you know, that was familiar for him. Um, being the Houston coach, I, I'm not sure about it. I'm, I was pulling for Sam Cassell. And I, would, I was hoping that Houston would give him a real serious look. I think he deserves a shot. I think um, defensively-wise, you know, it would help him. I think Houston made some great strides in defense this year. I know for outsiders not, that are not, you know, diehard Houston Rocket fans like you are, um, I was very surprised with their defense this year. Mm -hmm. And I think Sam would actually help that along. And he would also get the most out of James and Russ and whoever else, um, you know, is put into that roster. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't big on Van Gundy, but Ty Lu, I think it would be an opportunity. He's, you know, what what now we consider a player's coach. And I mean, you got two superstars. So, I mean, you got to have a good relationship with uh, superstars. So in that portion of it, I think he would be a good uh, coach for the Rockets. Mm -hmm. X's and O's. I don't know. I don't, I personally, I don't think he's shown 
as much in that area because he had LeBron and, you know, Kyrie, and, you know, their sort of coaches on the floor. So how much did he have really in the X's and O's to input during that time? Yeah, for sure. And I think the other, I mean, I guess I'm more neutral on Ty Lue. I agree. I definitely would love to have Sam Kissel come back as a coach for the Rockets. Um, it, but it looks like the Clippers and Steve, Steve Ballmer's, you know, extensive pocket may be looking yeah. at him as well. And I don't blame him. He takes a big, huge paycheck to become the next coach of the LA Clippers, especially since he has, you know, extensive roots there now. Um, I think that is it for the first part of the coaching search. But when we come back, I am going to, uh, I have an additional question about the searching um, search that I want to ask him about. So so please stay tuned. Support for this podcast comes from AT&T. All right, so there are a lot of reasons to like AT&T 5G. Check this out. My friend Lisa, who is a professional race car driver and base jump wingsuit enthusiast, likes AT&T 5G because it's fast. My friend Terry, who's a bodyguard who once also wrestled a hyena when he got too close to his client on safari, likes AT&T 5G because it's secure. And my friend Sasha, who's a librarian and hasn't missed a day at work in 27 years. Ooh, not even that time she broke both her legs and had the measles. Lakes AT&T 5G because it's reliable. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's fast, secure, and reliable. And now nationwide. AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires a compatible plan. 5G may not be in your area. See att.com 5G for you for 5G coverage details. And we're back here at the Launchpad, presented by Clutch City Control Room, where I'm talking about, or talking to Kim about the current Rockets head coaching search. Kim, I am a fan, so to speak, of a show called NBA Today, which is on Sirius XM and NBA Radio. And one of the I may know a little bit about that show. Just a little bit. And one of the hosts, his name is Justin Termini. I think if you're an NBA fan, you may have a inkling of who he is. Um, maybe just a little bit. He said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, um, yesterday, which was uh, Tuesday, um, at the time of this recording, today is Wednesday. Um, he said that the Rockets head coaching position is the worst one left in the market. What are your thoughts about that? I'm going to have to disagree with uh, our friend uh, JT. I think he now granted, I did not hear it, um, but he may be talking about the way the rosters uh, constructed as of right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think it's the worst coaching job left in the NBA. No way. Yeah. You have two superstar players. And I believe Dalmore will work his magic to get a roster for whatever coach that they have coming in. And then they'll utilize every, every possible trade and uh, draft wise. Uh, I don't think you guys have that many chips that you can use, but he is a wizard in what he does. So I have faith that he will construct a roster that will work your coach whether it be Ty Lue or whoever else that they choose 
I think they just have to be a little bit flexible and work with what they have and get the best product out of it, which you have Russ and you have Harden. Um, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. And um, to be fair to Justin, he was um, like you sort of um, thought about, he, um, he was talking about how the construction and then the next few years, you know, most likely the team is going to um, potentially rebuild and that their window is closing. Um, my sort of thoughts about that, if anyone's interested, maybe not, but um, in general, when it comes to the team, I feel like that they have a, at least a one year window, maybe two years, you know, depending on how long it takes for the season to start and for next season to start. Right. And that's mostly because of the contract situation. I'm not going to go into like numbers because who cares at the numbers, but just in general, um, Harden and But you're good at numbers. So yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but in general, you know, Harden and Westbrook are signed for at least three more seasons. And uh, I think that the Rockets aren't going to blow up the team. Uh, you know, especially considering how close they were relatively the last few years. I think the only way that they blow up the team this season is if James Harden explicitly asked for a trade. Um, and I, there isn't any indication so far, and there hasn't been any reporting from, you know, reliable sources and not just people ranting about the Rockets ranting, on, right. <laughs> on NBA well, see, Twitter. I, I, don't think, I don't think James is going to – I don't think uh, Harden's going to ask for a trade. I honestly think he wants to win one in Houston because it's his team. Since, you know, Houston acquired him, he's done above and beyond. He showed that city loves. And I think he wants to win one there. Now, um, it may be the contract situation is going to be hard and I'm going to be watching that to find out what Dalmore does because, you know, I, your, your chips that you can use, you have Gordon to try to bring in players with his contract. Um, I mean, there's a few players that he can move, but that would also change the dynamic of Russ and of James and how they play and the players that they have around them. So, it's definitely going to be, you know, worth watching to see what goes on there. I'm, I'm totally going to be locked in to see what Houston does in the off season. Yeah, for sure. And you're definitely right that they have no picks. Um, in fact, they don't have, you know, a lot of picks for a while, especially this season. They're most likely going to have to buy some picks. And there's ways for Maury, who, I mean, you mentioned earlier that he's an absolute genius when it comes to the salary cap and being able to fangle around all of these sure. different rules and, <laughs> that are involved with it. Um, so he'll figure out something. I, I just hope, I hope that they at least give it but one more year um, before they do anything drastic, which is why I don't agree that, you know, with Justin and other analysts who are saying that they're going to blow up the team. Um, no, I don't think they're going to blow it up. Yeah. But you, you know, just as well as I do, your owner is going to have a, a big say in a lot this time. Yeah. I mean, he's had a say for the last few years and 
I honestly try to keep myself PG when it comes to him <laughs> on here. No, I know. Um, I but, know. Yeah. But generally, I am not optimistic about Tillman. But even the last few years, Maury has been able to, you know, tightrope around the restrictions that have been in place when it comes to Tillman. And honestly, with right. Les Alexander as well, Les never went over the salary, you know, no, never went over no. to the, um, into the apron either. So it's not like this is an original or new change as a result of Tillman Fertitta um, owning the team. It's just that there are other issues with Tillman that Les Alexander did not have. Did not have, no, true, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> but I think, that's probably enough um, for now when it comes to Tillman, and um, we can have another. Right, we'll, I can have we'll another discussion. We'll just move on from <laughs> Tillman. We'll just we'll just put him in the side for right yeah. now. Um, but you mentioned about you know Hart. You know I mentioned Harden not um, being you know asking for a trade potentially, and you um, you um, and I agree with you that he most likely would not. Um, but there's another player who is really well known who there are a ton of rumors that he may be traded and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. So Giannis, I have a lot of feelings when it comes to him as a player, but in general, I, I hate seeing when players in smaller markets are being like sort of forced to be traded so that they can, you know, are forcing themselves to be traded or the team trades them so that they can quote unquote ring chase. Can um, what are your thoughts about, you know, the sort of rumors and speculation that Giannis is wanting to move to a different team. Um, I guess I'll ask you that first. Well, I love Giannis's game. He's evolving every year from when he first came in the league to where he is now. No one would have thought that skinny young man when he, when the Bucks drafted him was going to become the player that he is now. I think he's cut from a different cloth, and I honest, honestly believe that he, he's going to stay in Milwaukee. Now, you know, the caveat is, will they be able to put the players around him? They have a lot of work to do. He's going to be pulled in different directions, and the opportunity for him to go somewhere and ring chase is it's it's right there it's in front of him miami is 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 basically at his door saying come on down the weather's nice look mm -hmm. what we just did um and with you we can you know break through that uh that hurdle and i mean that's a hard decision for players nowadays mm -hmm. um the days of players staying with one team um i think they're, they're long gone um, but I think this young man has a good head on his shoulders. Um, I think culture has a lot to do with it. Uh, where he was raised, his family's dynamic, the, um, the opportunity that the Bucks gave him, they pay him handsomely. Mm -hmm. They will pay him, uh, whatever, you know, his, uh, his representatives put forth mm -hmm. to keep him. I think it's just how he's going to decide what's best for him. Yeah. I don't think, um, and there's a difference, if you don't mind me going into this. I think, to be honest, there's a difference um, with foreign players coming over and American players. Mm -hmm. 
And he falls into that category where I think he believes in, they gave me the opportunity to be the successful person that I am now. I have faith in them. I trust them. And that he would stay there for his career. You look at the people that he looked up to. He looked up to Kobe and, you know, reached out to him. And I think it's great if a player wants to stay in one place for their whole career because that's what legends are made of. Yeah, and that's why I really appreciate Harden. I I know that he started in OKC, but he has stayed in Houston and has had the opportunity to be traded multiple times before he signed hit you know the supermax deal that he did. So I I feel like Harden um, and hopefully potentially Giannis are you know sort of cut in a different cloth compared to other players. But I I definitely understand the. I guess the concern of not having a ring and how that sort of affects superstar players in general. Yeah, he's he's 25. Um, But at the same time... It's different between him and James, Mm. you know? Yeah. No, I think that if James at this point or in the next couple of years asks for a trade because he can't, you know, break through, I wouldn't blame him whatsoever. Um, But I feel as though especially... You know, Giannis most likely just saw Anthony Davis winning a championship after, you know, basically the Lakers tampered, but let's not go <laughs> further. But the Lakers yeah, were let's, a- let's able, to g- <laughs> able to gain the opportunity to trade for Anthony Davis the previous season. And he's and Anthony Davis, surprisingly, is not that much older than Giannis. Um, no, and he no. was able to get his first, you know, ring because of that. So I, I can see the temptation of players wanting to go to a team that gives them the highest ability of success. And unfortunately, because of the money that and the revenue that small markets can get compared to the larger, you know, well, you know, the larger markets, it's hard for teams to attract the players that are necessary to build around a singular star. I mean, you can look at Russell Westbrook and OKC. They were so close and most likely they probably would have gotten over the hump if they kept James Harden, but we don't have to go into that conversation. Well, you know, speaking of Giannis, um, you'd have to look at, um, I think for right now, I think he, he would stay in Milwaukee, but you have to look at it as, all right, yeah, AD went to the Lakers with LeBron. What team can he go to that would have a player of that stature or close to that stature to where they can gel? I don't think it's Miami because I don't think it's – if you put him on Miami, I don't think Jimmy Butler and the the pieces that they have now, I don't think that will get them over the hump of a LeBron AD type team. And then you've been hearing the rumors about, oh, Golden State, they're go, you know, out to Golden State. That would probably be the only team I would say that would he would fit in there and they would put pieces around what they already have that can, you know, be ring chaser right then and there. But if you look around the landscape of the NBA, if you took him off Milwaukee and put him on other teams, where would that fit be? Yeah. Could be in Houston. Uh, but Houston doesn't have any room. So <laughs> I, I, and I don't think Harden did, is. Yeah. If they did, that would be 
one hell of a team. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I think when it comes to Houston, I'm not even putting that in my head because I don't think Harden and Giannis like each other. Oh yeah. And no, I don't think that's actually like a, you know, there's some like fake no, that's drama, but that's yeah. So Harden would either have to leave or, and I, I don't want to even imagine Harden leaving, even though I just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. I, I can't imagine leaving. him leaving anytime he's soon. He's not leaving. Mm-hmm. No, he's not um, but I'll have to actually disagree with you about Miami. Um, Jimmy Butler during the finals really opened my eyes to like he he's definitely not LeBron. There are few to no player, you know, few to none players. It well, none players in the current league, but just in general that are even close to LeBron. Um, you know, it, it it hurts me to say, but he is you know top five or even like top two. Um, you know, of all time. So he's not anywhere close, but you know, Jimmy Butler had two triple double games during the finals and sort of pushed that, you know, that heat team that was without, you know, their six man and, um, or in, um, Goran Dragic, as well as Bam, um, who was out for, you know, most of the series to five games when they had no, business of even winning a single game um, in a lot of people's eyes, especially after those injuries um, early in game one. So, and unfortunately for, you know, many of us, they have the cap room, like they purposely built their team so that they have significant significant amount of cap room to bring in Giannis and their, you know, ownership team, or I guess governorship team or board of directors, whatever the NBA is labeling it these days, they have room to, you know, um, they're okay with going over the apron. They've done it multiple oh, yeah. times. So yeah, they're, I, not I even, think, yeah. they're not even trying to extend BAM um, so that way they can keep some flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I think when it comes to him and the relationship that he has with the, you know, I think the culture is a good match. Um, I yeah, am concerned about Golden State. It's definitely though. a good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we'll just end it off there. I want to thank Kim so much for being on the show today. Once again, if you want to follow her on Twitter, her handle is at GPDucky. That is at GPDucky. And that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, and voices of our team, please consider clicking the link in the description to check out one of our monthly Patreon subscription options. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast, covering your Houston Rockets.